According to Tom Rayner, the majority of Protestant churches in America average 10 or less salvations a year. Let's change the stat. Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey everyone, welcome to GoCast. I'm your host, Kelly Stickle, joined by my friend and co-host, Tim Tribble. How are you today, Tim? And I'm excited to be here. It's going to be good. It is good. Today, we are continuing conversation with Pastor Kevin Gerald. And this week, we're going to dive into, and he's going to dive into this you know, some of the tensions that have been created through this whole pandemic and the chaos of, of COVID, the effect it's had on us personally as leaders, uh, and the effect it's had on our teams and the tensions that we've had to to battle with our teams. And this is going to be, I think, incredibly insightful. I found it insightful. And I, a lot, honestly, when I was you know, talking with him, I'm thinking, wait, I'm not the only one. And I think it's going to be, that's going to be helpful for everybody. So mm-hmm. let's just talk about one of the topics we get into, uh, a tired. And, and this is something, man, I've certainly felt um, through this season and probably more I'm more so than what is normal for sure. And I think every leader and pastor I've talked to has been talking about, man, what do we feel? We feel tired. Mm. So can you relate? I definitely can. I, and I'm, I can definitely say in this last season, there's been moments where you just like, what is going on? And you can't seem to manage everything at the same time. But then it's, I find it interesting because when a new idea creeps up, it gets you excited again and you're able to hop out of that tired mode because there's a new direction going. So I think for us in this season, I think tiredness is just beating around the same bushes, trying to find yeah. which way to go. And then, uh, and then hopefully just uh, navigating the season. Well, I think we're more tired because I don't know, for me, the, it's been a season of uncertainty and just being uncertain is not a comfortable place for, mm. for us as leaders to be. And so then it becomes that much more emotionally draining. I think a second reason is, I don't know about you, but um, I'm, I'm tired of not being able to fly anywhere and get away or yeah. vacation or anything <laughs> like, like how, there's what is normally our normal recreates just doesn't happen. Let me cross anywhere. the borders. Yeah. Let's just cross the border. Yeah. But anyway, this conversation is fascinating. I also love how he dives into some of the tensions that that have happened in teams and how to deal with that. So without further ado, let's go right now to my conversation with Pastor Kevin Gerald. Well, hey, Pastor Kevin, welcome back to GoCast. Great conversation we had last week. Excited to keep keep on keeping on. Last week, we talked about four questions that every pastor and leader has been asking as a result of 2020. And uh, for those who didn't listen to that episode, you got to go back and check that one out. But today, let's talk about things you're observing in leaders and in particular church leadership teams because of this last crazy year. First of all, how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic. Uh, We are, the sun is shining in Seattle. And we are hoping and praying that we're not going to have any setbacks and restrictions um, and believing for a great Easter. Um, I, I yes. know that you guys in Canada are in a whole different space, and so I don't want to rub anything in, but we're hoping <laughs> to have a whole lot of big open doors and open buildings uh, here in the state of Washington. We're, we're not, as you know, uh, Kelly, we're not like Florida and Arizona and some of those states, I mean, they're opening up really wide right now. And that's not our case, but 
um, we're, things are things are going in the right direction for us. So uh, we we couldn't be more thankful and happy to see it happening. Yeah, no, we're anxiously awaiting for everything to to get back to somewhat normal. I don't know if normal's ever gonna return, but hey, some somewhat to opening up. You were saying that like what, earlier that there's what 16 or 17 states that are pretty much wide open now. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing is that uh, we've got 16 that are either have decided set a date. I think some of them have, have not yet maybe uh, taken the mask off uh, and so forth. But there there's about 16 or 17 that have passed, made the decision and have set a date. And from what I gather, what I know about it is, you know, the, they're, they're going back to pre-COVID, uh, pre-COVID life. So yeah. restrictions are being dropped. I'm thinking from what I hear that many individuals are going to maintain, you know, their own, maybe wear masks still or whatever when they're out and about. But I think the state governing is definitely, definitely lightening up. Yeah, that would be great. I'm most anxious for the border to reopen so we can travel freely. That would be that, that would be that would be awesome. Uh we definitely definitely praying that it's going to open up before teen church conference and man, man. But anyway, uh, let's let's talk about you uh, you talk to pastors leaders all the time. Uh we heard last week about four questions pastors are, have been asking and and that you've heard uh, this one. I, I want to talk about things that you're observing on leadership teams uh, in churches as part of this this season. What's going on? Commonalities that you're hearing from pastors. They talk about their team. So, so what are some of the more common similarities that you're hearing from pastors in regard to their teams? We're hearing a lot of uh, pastors that are saying that people are their staff is tired. Hmm. Uh, that word is very, uh, very common. And it, it's interesting to hear that talked about because that can mean a lot of different things. So the, the reference as, as I'm interpreting it through the lens of my own team and working with my team is that we have been, we didn't sign up for this. And we've been put in different jobs, different spots, different expectations are being placed on all of us. If you're a pastor, you've been, you know, in front of a camera uh, instead of in front of an audience. Yeah. You're, you know, so everyone is in different kind of, and, and that in and of itself has caused us to feel uncertain about what we're doing and realizing that in, even in some cases, like it's a, uh, it's, it's a skill set maybe that we, you know, I think pastors are taking up getting in front of a camera, for example, who aren't really, weren't really ready to do that. And they've had to yeah. do that. And same with our teams, you know, so yeah. the, the being tired, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is being tired has this broad, connotation to it but that is one of the things to answer your question that i'm hearing most often well i would i would concur with that like i would agree completely because i i've become very self-analytical in this last year because what has worked in the past to bounce back from 
tiredness or discouragement didn't seem to be as effective in this year and then then I'm then I'm discouraged that I'm discouraged and going or I'm 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 you know going what's wrong with me something's wrong with me what's what's happening how come this is not working and then you analyze and going well maybe it's because we can't take holidays maybe we can't travel maybe you know, the pressures like I don't know have you have you battled in this last year with discouragement maybe more so than I mean we all do but maybe more so than than ever and what have you learned like in analyzing yourself as a leader as to saying, okay, yeah, no, I'm, I'm tired. And you know, what's worked or hasn't worked or what have you discovered in that regard to this last year? Well, to, to be completely honest with you, I had probably one of the most discouraging uh, seasons in, in my ministry. Mm. Um, there was a, probably a, a two month span two two to three months somewhere in there that I felt most discouraged and it was an interesting kind of discouragement I, I tend to be a processor uh, even when I'm discouraged I, I'm I don't tend to just like feel bad I, I ask myself why am I feeling bad <laughs> you know yeah. like, what is that why, why am I feeling bad so I tend to keep keep those wheels rolling um, and, and you know and by the way the psalmist did that the psalmist said yeah. Soul, why are you why are you downcast? <laughs> That's so true. It was soul like that. So I just thought about that. A anyway, yeah, I, I, so true. Uh, <laughs> I, I think for me, in giving you an explanation to my discouragement, it was it was related more to the seasons of the world and where the world is and the minds of people and the thoughts of people around uh, us in the Northwest. I originally came from a, and my wife and I both from the Midwest, yep. we are second generation pastors. And God has, you know, a sense of humor. He brought us up here to what I call heathen country, <laughs> where most unchurched part of the U S. And so we grew up in a very different, you know, mine uh, worldview, uh, and then came here and have lived and served here uh, over 30 years. And this was, uh, for me, a shocking revelation hmm. of how different the Seattle land area really is from even a lot of North, North America, certainly the states. Uh, and with all of the things that happened that you guys saw on the news and so forth with Seattle, yeah. that was where my discouragement came as I, I guess I questioned my relevance moving forward. Mm. Uh, I wondered if my season was starting to come to an end. Um, and maybe this was the beginning indicators that someone who had the palatable ability to uh, get along with or lead church in the context of this region. Um, may, maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm just not that guy. And that's where the, I know that probably surprises many of you, but I'm just trying to be as open and honest yeah. pastors and leaders today who've gone through your own kind of discouragement that it was, it was very real to me. And 
somewhere in that, I, I won't I won't go into more depth than you asked me to, but uh, I you know somewhere in all of that, some some things happened not just in me but around me that showed me differently and showed me that my my thinking had stooped low and had gone places and I had applied things in, in wrongly. The application of what was happening around me was causing me to misinterpret uh, my own relevance and wow. where I really am in, in the picture of our, of our, of our region as a, as a leader and a pastor. And when that started being clarified uh, by those around us and by the region itself, and things happening, I guess, miracles, uh, I would call it miracles happened and some uh, incidents with individuals and people and things that happened in our city, in our community, in the life of our church. Uh, I started really realizing that my thoughts uh, were not, they, they were not right. And so wow. hopefully I didn't elaborate on that too much I think that I think that's really, I mean, that's really good. That's powerful because I do think I know as you're talking, I was like, man, I can resonate with, with a lot of what you're saying because you know the same thoughts come in here, and and part of the, the thought for you know any of us who have been pastoring, you know, I've been pastor, I've been pastoring twenty four years now, and and you thirty five years, and you're going, you know, and things aren't bouncing back or you're going like, like this is almost going to be a replant or a restart. And, and am I the guy that, that wants to do that again? We know how much work it goes, goes in. Is it ever going to come back to where it was and all this discouragement? And then, I mean, it goes from being discouraged from what we're seeing or, or lack of what we're seeing. And we're putting in more effort than we are before with little result. And a lot of us are results oriented and all the rest of it. But then you start questioning yourself, your own call and whether, whether, this is this is it is this have we have we had our glory time and this is this is it and then those those thoughts spiral really quickly so i mean as you're talking i was like yeah man that's yeah those those are that's i've battled those same thoughts uh i know i'm sure other pastors have as well i think there's some pastors who certainly would be uh same sort of thought train but different reasons you know behind mm -hmm. it uh, for, for us, it wasn't that our church, I said it last podcast, our finances stayed strong. Our attendance on our weekend services was very strong, very, very good. But we came under attack um, in the area, having, you know, on the heels of some of the racial incidents that happened. And we came under attack in even, you know, from some of the uh, the groups of people that are known here in Seattle uh, to be opposed to anything and everything organizationally. And we, we found ourselves in the crosshairs of that. And so mine was, I, I was, I was angry and mm. I wanted, I wanted to retaliate. And I found myself, you know, I was in interviews a lot with, uh, on the news here in our city. And because of, you know, who we are in the city, I was at opposite ends of our governor uh, on some issues. And I was uh, trying to navigate that and trying to do it with honor and respect. And I, then they were sometimes taking and editing it. Uh, <laughs> 
than, you know, the context it was in. Yeah. And I, so I was angry. I, I was angry at this sort of need for me to try to navigate waters that I actually didn't want to navigate. And if it wouldn't have been for the church, if it would have just been me, an individual on my own, I, I would have just been a lot more coarse and raw and out there with my opinions. And whether it was, you know, social media or yeah, wherever, yeah. I just I would have been a lot more blatant. And the need to harness and the need to know who I was and the need to realize there were a lot of, not just my church, but pastors and Christians in the area um, who, you know, I, I have influence in. And, and that, that, that's, I wanted to explain it because I think some people, some pastors could be feeling some of the same conclusions. Is my time done? Am I, you know, am I done for different reasons? Maybe their church actually, you know, had struggled, has struggled more financially or something. So, it, but, you, but you end up in that same place. Yeah of discouragement. And we definitely, I, that was a long way to answer, but I wanted you to know that discouragement is common to all of us yeah. who are part of leadership and that I certainly have had discouragement in the last year. Uh, that was really unique in, in my own experience. So good. As you're talking, I mean, you know, I'm reminded of um, something I read recently again in, in Job you know, one, it just kind of hit me as I was reading it again, where it says when they, in Job one, when the servants came and announced to him, by the way, your, your, you know, your family was wiped out by the way, you lost this. And there was like four different things that they came and gave him, um, you know, it gave him an like back to back to back to back. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, man, the devil doesn't have any, you know, new strategies. And one of the things that he does, one of his strategies to discourage us or to try to take us out is that it's amazing that you go through the battle you went through and you named three major ones. I mean, you got COVID and what, you know, the, the specific targeting that you, you went through, um, you know, then the dealing with on behalf of the church and diff different things with the media and, and the government and all the rest of it, all those battles, it's, it's the compounded battle all at the same time can can really wear us down and to where yeah we don't bounce back like <laughs> right but but that's a that's a demonic strategy that's not not new so right yeah so what did what did so i mean you talked about changing the mindset and saying okay what addressing it and i you know self analytical you looking at yourself and saying okay this is this is more my own thinking or what did you did you just simply change your thinking or how did you process through? Cause if there's a pastor listening is going, I'm there right now. How do I process this through? For, for me, I am a, I am a, I wrote a book that I wrote a few books, but um, I, I wrote a book called good things. Yeah. Seeing your life through the lens of God's favor. And my story is that my basic nature um, somewhere in my teenage years, I, I, I would just say I was more of a melancholy personality. Um, I've been a leader all my life. I was a leader on athletic fields and so forth, but I went through a real traumatic season in my life with the loss of seven people that were close to me. Mm. And 
And uh, it, it, it really rattled me. And through that, I found my footing in my ability to see good and to look for good intentionally and to recognize and elevate the power of our own mind. And I know when I started doing that, I felt like I was, I was almost like uh, a, lot of, a lot of Christians in church felt like I was bringing in some sort of a voodoo or something, you know, that had a negative spiritual connotation. But for me, my journey was very entrenched in the Word of God. Yeah. And the the application of the word and the use of God's word in my life. And so um, I, I learned, I guess I wanted to say I learned a lot of those skills and using those tools uh, early on because I, my own personality and my own things I faced um, as a young man. So when I got into this situation that I was in, uh, I was definitely still analytical, but I started looking and listening for signs and indicators that what I'm doing was was actually making a difference in a positive way, and that there were people who needed what I was saying and being who I was being. And so I, I would say that there was a couple of months where all I, if I would have just looked right here, all I would have had was negativity. It was right. in my face and so up close. But that desire on my part to understand better what where that was coming from and why it was being aimed at me. And then to actually, you know, I didn't go around asking for compliments, but to actually look through uh, and, and locate and find through my observation, the good that was going on in our church and in my sphere of influence, uh, and to listen to the stories and to read the testimony or yeah. pay more attention to what people were saying to me on the positive side of things. And I found people, for example, that were taking up my cause on my behalf. Yeah. I, never, I didn't know who they were. I didn't, I didn't know them by name. It, there's some really cool stories that I actually went and met them as a result of that. I've been mm. able to find some of those people, meet them, hug their neck, and thank them. But these were strangers to me. Um, I wasn't a stranger to them, but they were strangers to me. And they, they like came out of hiding, so to speak, in very very uh, eloquent, some of them very eloquent ways and strong passion to stand by my side and to defend mm. me. And to, so in my case, it was, it was just keeping my, you know, my observation and going and my thought process moving toward the idea that there's something good going on in all of this. And then when I would find a little trail, I would follow it. And I would follow it to the fullest. I would ask questions and I would say, what, how did that impact you? I, I DM some people on social media. I ask our team to reach out to them to tell me why. Thank you. And, and why did you actually get involved in that conversation on my behalf? You know what? So all of that, um, there were pastors that, there were hundreds of pastors in the state of Washington that came behind me with, within a 24 hours to sign a petition 
that we had put out there for our governor. And there were so many of them I knew were, were alone. And I just started calling them on the phone. And I started saying, you know, how are you? And what are you doing? And getting kind of out of myself and into them. And they were, they were reciprocating. Well, I had pastors actually uh, that did what I just described. They were, they were getting into my mess or my mix and defending me. And so, you know, I'm now calling them and I'm saying, man, you know, thank you so much. How are you doing? What are you going through? And they would tell me their deal. And then they would say how much what I was going through was encouraging them. And so through all of that, I, and some things that I won't go into, there were some monumental things that happened. And there were some miracles that took place. So good. Financial gifts that came uh, to us that were unbelievable, like just from places unexpected. Mm. And they were connected to the battle I was fighting. And so it was, it was just an amazing time, Kelly, to experience this deep, uh, what I would say a deep dark, and then m- moving up out into the light of the reality uh, of, of actually, you know, that God, I was here for a reason and, a, and God's hand was on me and that we, he wasn't done. He wasn't done with us. So good. I'm, 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 I love that we're parking here a little bit. Cause I, I just sense and, and feel like that some pastors need to, to hear this. If they're in still in that dark space or that discouraged space or whatever that, yeah, there's, I mean, I love that follow the breadcrumbs of the light and, and man, there's testimonies and stories out there. And, and, um, yeah, it, we, there's, there's times I think one day, I don't know, I do, I do a mental picture of this once in a while that of standing in heaven one day and having people come up to you that we would never have have never have met or never met who's going to say what you did or what the stand you took impacted me and my salvation and thank you and just going sometimes we don't always see those things but know that yeah what we're doing is producing fruit so that's really powerful there's you know there's other things that have happened with with pastors and teams and and that that are battling with their teams and stuff and one of those is and you had mentioned this at you know pastors gathering in december but that churches and teams are experiencing more strife and division we talked about this a little bit last podcast as well but in particular with teams and pastors dealing with you know division within their own teams and, and different camps going on their own, you know, strife and division happening there. So, you know, I think that's definitely true. I've talked to a lot of pastors in the same way. So what have you intentionally done with your team, uh, your church leadership to combat this division and create peace and unity? Well, I've asked our team to focus on uh, what really we can control and what's within our control and to not focus on all of the things that we can't control. Yeah. What, and to elaborate on that, um, we couldn't control what was going on in politics and we couldn't control what was going on in the racial, uh, division and strife. Um, there, there were things that I think people were got caught up in that, you know, were 
they, they were out of emotion and still is out of emotion that people say things, do things. So I, I asked them not to be on social media talking about anything that had to do with those kinds of circumstances that your comment isn't going to bring, produce anything uh, positive if, it, if it's a comment, comment rooted on one side or the other of division yeah. or strike. So when you get on social media, uh, speak absolute words of, that will lift and give life, uh, words that will bring joy, words where, you know, if you're a funny person, don't change now, keep being funny. Yeah. Um, don't get caught up in the rhetoric and, and ask my team to actually stay off of social media in certain seasons last, last year. Yeah. So there were things I was asking them to do like that and asking them to focus on their relationship with God and their devotions and on one another and, and building team. And I, I intentionally said to them, if, if you know another person on our team who might even, you know, see things differently than you do in terms of what's going on in the world right now, those would be the ones I would assign you to, whoever they are. Yeah. Yep. I would assign you to them to befriend them and to see if you can't have a godly uh, relationship that elevates above the differences and see yeah. if you can have conversations that have nothing to do with your opinion versus my opinion, but would actually be healing and helpful, um, you know, to one another and ju just let, let's love each other and, and let's not get divisive about any of that right now. So those are the kind of things I ask our staff to do. Um, I did have some people that were not in compliance with that. There were people that, it was a small amount, but um, there were people who just felt like they wanted to, to do it differently. They, they wanted to argue or they wanted to, you know, put out that, that tweet or they wanted to tell everyone what they felt and why they felt, felt that way. And, of course, my conclusion to that was that they were not church first. They were not, they were not concerned about the body of Christ as much as they were making their mark. Um, in the community of the world. And yeah. so, uh, you know, there, there was a parting of ways. Um, mm. Yeah, not a lot, but that that happened with us. So we, I just kept our team focused. I just, I just kept saying, we're going to focus on what we can do something about. And then, you know, you'll have people say, well, if you don't lift your voice, um, you know, then you're compromising or you're showing that you don't care. And I, I was saying, I wasn't accepting that. I wouldn't argue with yeah. it. I was saying, no, we lift our voice for a sound that actually needs to be heard right now. And that is a sound of blessing. And that is a sound of love. And that is a sound of inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. and so just reminding some of those people that maybe were caught up again in a world rhetoric that, no, no, wait. Now, the kingdom is like this. And the kingdom operates on different rules and applications. And so most people responded well once they understood that, you know, our jersey was a different jersey. It wasn't the jersey on the left or the jersey on the right. Our jersey was a different jersey that had kingdom written on the back of it. Yeah. And that's the team we were playing for. That's so good. Um, 
All right. There's another observation about uh, churches and teams and and all of that 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 you made, and you said that churches and and teams and part of the discouragement and the tiredness and the battle that we're going through, but th- that is common, is that uh, we've been navigating multiple changes at the same time. Expand on that a little bit, and how you think, how you've navigated that, and and how how do you think we can help our teams navigate? Yeah, we, we've navigated the changes having to do, first of all, with just the the pandemic itself. Yeah. And that the requirements of that. So, um, you know, how we're going to uh, the regulations related to how we're going to worship and and we're not worship on site, online, et cetera. Another another one we're navigating is the the worldview um, having to do with the church, the, the, the church being essential versus non-essential. And so that's a new one for us in the States. Um, we are, we are loud and proud and we are, uh, navigating the new reality that some of our leaders and governors, um, think less of us than they do the pot shot or, you know, opening up the marijuana store or the, uh, you know, the tavern or the, and it's just become very, I think it's new terrain for us to, to try to navigate how the world feels about us. Um, and being, being pretty minimal in terms of their opinion of who we are. Um, uh, another one is just the, I guess, worldview having to do with things like critical theory yeah, uh, and how it's invaded our schools and universities, and all that goes along with critical theory. Uh, there are many people now that are discovering, myself included, where a lot of you know worldview is coming from. And as Christians, what what do we think about that? What how do we deal with that? How, what what's our response to that? So those would be three. Uh, you know, primary areas that, and of course you can, you can mix the, with those, you have the racial and you have the political um, elements of it. So you could break it down in different ways, but I see it as I describe, and I think those are the bit, that's the big new frontier for us. Yeah. Those are major frontiers to take on at the same time. So so how do you address, lead through, and take on critical theory and all of those changes at the same time and, and not get overwhelmed by them or allow your team to get overwhelmed by them? I think first that uh, there's it's fair to say that many people listening would not know what critical theory is. So yeah, I, I think a lot of people just really familiarize yourself with that, write that word down, and then go study it and look at it and critical theory slash critical race theory um, and find out everything you can Google it, uh, do yep. some research and start familiarizing yourself with it. And I wouldn't really ask for more than that right now. I mean, I, I think that's the first thing. And then out of that awareness, uh, I think God can begin to guide and direct each of us on how we navigate in our own particular specific realm of influence, um, what we would do. For me personally, uh, I'll share that I am 
I am re-elevating kingdom, as I said a few minutes ago. Yep. I, I really realized that, that when Jesus came, there was, there was a lot of different people groups. That there was two major people groups, and that would be the Jewish people and the Romans. And that Jesus found himself um, in his ministry, he found himself not being on one side or the other. Uh, the religious people of the Jewish persuasions had all of their stuff, and so they had King Herod. And then over on the other side, you got Pilate. And as we all know the story of the crucifixion, he had to go through both. So these governing powers were there. And yet you have a Roman centurion who came to Jesus with what Jesus called great faith, uh, wanting to be healed. And so, so you have this ability to navigate in what I call kingdom way. So I would just say for us, we're, we're choosing to identify ourselves as a group, a, a kingdom group within the context of the world that we're in right now. And that that's who we are and to reestablish our identity. And then wanting to go back and get back into discipleship and get back mm. into what we believe and going back into our youth and our young adults and reinvigorating the Bible and yes. reinvigorating the truths of the Bible in a way that allows them to look, look at it through modern day and current events. Yes. That's the journey we're on right now is that we are getting into, well, what does God's word say about this topic? This yeah. is everywhere right now. It's part of critical theory thinking. Let's talk about it from the context of scripture. And so we're wanting, you know, we're, we're, we're behind the scenes Myself and our team are going through our own education processes and have been for about five or six months right now. But this is our response, if you would, um, for the future. And we're just getting started. That is so good. And I, I just want to take a minute here to emphasize this. Uh, you had brought this up in a session with a group of pastors talking about a series you did last summer or early fall on the kingdom of God. It, it was a brilliant series, by the way. And but I love the emphasis on the kingdom. I've heard others teach on the kingdom or talk about the kingdom, but I, I heard it differently this time. And I think in my spirit, it jumped in me and I, I felt a major pull toward this topic in the season for both me and, and for the church. So I just wanted to pause here for a moment to make sure that the pastors and leaders listening don't just skip by this, but I'd encourage you to dig deeper into the kingdom of God in your own study and consider preaching and teaching it in a fresh way for your church. Teach them kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is different, and this might be the most important thing that we could teach our people to do in this time. Kingdom thinking was what made the, the first, second, and third century church persevere through some of the most intense persecution, and not just survive, but thrive and expand. So I think it is so important uh, in this time for us as Christians to get back to a strong kingdom of God first mentality. Well, it's, it's, it's right at the core of uh, everything because you have people who, for example, would, uh, they would say, I'm a Christian, 
but their worldview is just as it's always been. And so they may have started coming to our churches. They may believe in Jesus, but Jesus came. uh, His whole reason to leave heaven was to extend the borders of heaven to earth. Yeah. The reason he came was to bring the kingdom of God out of heaven into earth. And so this is why 169 times in the New Testament, most of it by Jesus himself, there's a reference to the kingdom. He would say the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom is like that. The kingdom is, why did he do all of that? Because he was creating a verbiage uh, around who our identity and a new identity of who we were. And like I was saying a while ago, that there was something different than just being uh, Jewish born or yep. Roman citizen. No, you are citizens of heaven and first and foremost citizens of heaven. And when you have that identity, the conversation elevates for, for example, for a young adult or a new Christian, it's no longer, well, you know, what's, what's wrong with that? Or I, I don't think there, that's a problem. And I don't think that's, you know, I think we should be more open to that ideology. Well, that's one thing to just say that from your own worldly intuitive. But if you really understand that our identity is in a kingdom that is not of this world, then is your loyalty to that kingdom or not? Because you have to always ask yourself, and if you realize, okay, there's a difference in that, you know, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount Jesus said, you have heard, but I say unto you, Mm -hmm. heard, but I say unto you, you have heard, but what was he doing? He was saying, what you've heard is not what I say. I came with a different message. I came with a kingdom message. And so what that young person, going back to an example, uh, you know, has to do, if your loyalty is really to Jesus, you have to go away. That's not kingdom way. Yeah, might be my friend's way. That might be their way. That might be the world's way. But it's clear it's not kingdom way. The, and and the way of the kingdom is is my way because I chose Jesus as my king. So that that's the I'm just kind of giving you know a, a machine gun. But it, no, no, it, it's it's so good. I, I think this is so important for all of us to hear again. When I first heard you talk about this, like I said, something jumped inside of me, and I went home thinking on this began studying it out a bit more, and I began to see all the times Jesus said in the Gospels, for instance, the kingdom of God is like, and it's fascinating what truths come out and the clarity that comes with that in how we think, in how we disciple others, in how we train our young people, and contrasting that with how society thinks and what they teach is so important. It's one thing to lead people to salvation, but we need to disciple them and reveal how to have a kingdom mindset, because that is where real life change happens and where the church moving forward is going to have to get its strength. I call it kingdomology, and I don't, I don't think I invented that word. I think others have used it, but it, it rolls off of uh, my lips easy. And so yeah. it's just a way for me to, to continue to press in and encourage our team, our, our, our church, our, our young people, uh, who I know are really key to uh, the future of the church and standing up for Jesus to get, you know, to get them uh, understanding, like, 
like anything else, if you go, you know, and you, you listen to uh, your professor at the university, he's going to give you his philosophy. He's going to yep. philosophize with you something that someone taught to him. And you have a choice now to make. Are, are you are you just okay with just whatever he tells you uh, is truth whenever that truth is actually opposed in kingdomology? That's not kingdom. That's not the way of the kingdom. Yeah. A lot of people whose hearts is really to please God are, I feel like this is what we have to talk about because that gives us the inspiration and the direction to stand up and say, you're not going to intimidate me, Mr. Professor, you know, who uh, has all of your degree. I'm not intimidated by you, but because whatever you believe, you got it from somewhere. So what I believe from somewhere too, and I'll take where I got it from as opposed to where you got it from. So it's just a new day, I think, of, 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 of allowing ourselves to put our head up, our shoulders back, recognize who we are. We are people of the kingdom. And there is a life philosophy, a mindset, a belief system that goes along with being kingdom people. So good. Man, this has been so rich uh, and so good. I hope the pastors and leaders listening are seeing the importance of kingdomology, maybe at a new level. And I hope that they will meditate on this further, pray into it, and begin to teach this in a fresh way in their churches. Thank you so much, Pastor Kevin, for joining us today. I so love your heart and so appreciate your leadership in the Big C Church and value your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be with you. What a great conversation with Pastor Kevin Gerald. I think there's so much in that conversation that is is helpful, insightful. I honestly say, I think it's relieving that, hey, we're all going through this. We're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. You're not alone. We've all, we're all in it together. What, what stood up to you? So in the beginning process, he's, he's talking about discouragement and how he brought his team out of like just a season that he realized himself he was discouraged. And then how do you lead somebody through that process? And he had to lead himself and, and he's talking about just focusing on the good that uh, the chain reaction of his actions were making. So instead of just focusing on the circumstance that was in front of him, look around and see, searching out the good attributes that are happening through people that are taking up your cause on your behalf, right? Yeah, so good. I think there's a, I've heard this said before, I've taught this before, but there's a difference between just being tired and being weary mm-hmm. and, and being weary. Yeah, tiredness is of the body, emotions, all the rest of it, but weariness is of the mind. And we can get to the place where we get, we're battling discouragement so much that we end up being, uh, weary and the Bible says, right? Don't be weary in doing good. That mm-hmm. there's a process that we want to avoid being uh, weary. And I love the advice Pastor Kevin gave about how to dig yourself out of that yeah. season. So good. Well, we want to continue the conversation with you, and we want to not just podcast to you, broadcast to you. We want to have conversation with you. So, how do people connect with us? Absolutely. You can locate us on all social media platforms, hit up www.gocast.ca and also all podcast major playing platforms as well. 
So good. Yeah, please do that. We would love to hear from you and we want to converse with you and hear what you're going through. Any of this is resonating with you or anything you'd like to add to the conversation, please do that. Well, next week we have a great conversation, always very energetic conversation, very insightful conversation. This one's a very deep conversation mm. with my friend, Pastor Josh Bingle. So here's an excerpt from that conversation coming next week. We have a tendency and in, in we're seeing it a lot in our culture to, to divide ourselves into groups and then scream at each other. And the one of the ways that we are trying to help our church navigate this cultural moment, and this is such a burden in my heart, is to teach people how to disagree well. You need people in your world that you disagree with. You're not going to want to miss that episode with Pastor Josh Bingo. So much in there, uh, so much insight and encouragement that is, I know is going to benefit you like it benefited me. This season has been awesome. I feel like I'm just getting rejuvenated in these conversations, talking with leaders, and I'm hoping it's helping you as well. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.